Welcome to the Union Science Show. I'm Annie. And I'm Turtle. And this is a podcast where we bring different worldviews together into conversations about science in Indian country. Hello, everyone. On today's show, we are going into the realm of controversial words. And we didn't quite know what to name the show. <laughs> so we came up with a super creative, hidden words and multiple meanings. Yep. Seems to be descriptive. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, so we got into all sorts of different words. We talked about savage, and we talked about even more controversial words. <laughs> you that, know what word it is. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and we also talked about words like uh, squaw and... American Indian. Yeah. And well, I know there was barbarian and barbaric and... Primitive. There's qu- We have quite a big list of <laughs> words that we just talked about being as being contentious or controversial in some way Mm -hmm. but we didn't get to them all we probably got about to half of them in this episode so we may do this episode again and uh, it was interesting it's definitely one of our conversations that we have on a regular basis i would say yes and i think it's it's an important conversation Mm -hmm. to have especially with people outside of your community yeah and And, like people perceive words in a different way than than you may perceive them mm -hmm. that's right and just because we are familiar with the word and how it's been used doesn't mean everybody is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think we mistake m- malicious intent with stupidity and ignorance. Yeah. I think sometimes people are just a little bit ignorant and kind of stupid. But sometimes people are genuinely trying to be mean mm-hmm. about it. So we talk about that and we talk about a little bit of the history of some of these words and there's a lot so so it's a good episode yes strap in and hopefully you don't get too offended hi everyone welcome back to our show today uh we actually have five thousand downloads yes we've accomplished something (laughs) in our lives So it's 5,000 total episodes downloaded, and we have 400 people that follow us on Facebook. Hey, shout out to all Yeah, so thanks, everybody. We we just breached 400, I think, like last week. I think so, yeah. And it kind of feels, I don't know how to feel about it, because at the same time, I'm like, wow, that's so much more than we had before. (laughs) But then I look at some of these other podcasts, and they have like 80,000. Right. So (laughs) if you want to go to our Facebook page... We're at Indian Science Show yeah. on Facebook. We are kind of a niche kind of a podcast, <laughs> but a at the bit. same time, uh, we also could do a better job getting our getting our show out there. Yeah, you know, on the waves. But we do like um, kind of that uh, easy flow that we have. Indian time. Indian Indian time, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, it, it'll happen when it needs to. <laughs> I really believe in that, though. Uh, not necessarily Indian time per se, but the f- this idea that the universe gives us what we want, or not what we want, but what we need, Yeah, exactly when we need it. Right. Like Right now, I feel like it's testing me a little bit with how much I'm doing, but mm-hmm. hopefully in the end, it, it's, it's all going to be worth it. Yeah, the universe loves you. <laughs> I hope so. It's tough love. <laughs> it's, it's very tough love right yeah. now. <laughs> you know what else is tough love? Our digifact. Oh yeah. Oh, well, should we do the shout out to? <laughs> oh yeah, Alyssa? shout out one one. Hold on, one quick thing because I yeah. love Alyssa. Um, 
Bellinger. If, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it. I want to yeah. say Bellanger, but Bellinger sounds probably it more, sounds about more better. correct. So uh, it was about two weeks ago. We did a post on our Instagram and I think our Facebook too, but our Instagram was the only one that got the comments. And we wanted to know what your guys' tips were for being indigenous in the modern world. We tend to ask a lot of our guests that, and we have been very vocal with our own tips. Um, and so she was one of the people that had commented, and her comment was, let no one tell you you're not. You are the only person who can determine your identity. And she needed this as a younger woman um, because she has fair skin and blue eyes, and that does not negate her own truth as a... Which I had to Google, and I'm really sorry if I said that wrong, but I think it means Cree woman, which is amazing. Yeah, that'd be cool if we could eventually have a setup where we could have people do call-ins to a a live show of that. It'd be nice to be able to just do this live eventually, Um, but we'll we'll see where that goes. (laughs) One day. Yes. We're going to get there. Yeah, and uh, but what I was thinking is it'd be sweet to ask someone to call in and tell, help us figure out how we're supposed oh, to yeah. say that. How do you say that? If, if you're listening to this, please let us know. Like if you can do phonetically for that, I'd yeah, love to know and how to say we that. Sh- our, we have a phone number that you can contact on our website at mm-hmm. com. So you can call one of us might answer, but if not, leave a message and we'll definitely get back to it. Yeah. Or just like recomment on the Instagram post. Yeah. Or our Facebook post. Mm-hmm. Or hit us in the DMs. Always Slide into them. those DMs. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Alyssa. We appreciate the feedback. And I know that a lot of my lighter skinned part of my mm-hmm. family uh, have sim- probably some similar feelings on that. Right. How it's it's really tough because a certain party wants to identify with your indigenous background and and desires to learn all that stuff. Like whatever it happens to be. It could be dancing, beating making ribbon skirts or ceremony the language the practices that go with all the the gathering of food mm-hmm. and hunting and other things so there's a it's a whole way of life and it's very appealing to a lot of people especially people that may have gotten to i don't know what what's the word i'd use for that too i want to say tainted by city life Oh, okay. Because it can really mess with you. If mm-hmm. if you lived in a city your whole life and then all of a sudden get to experience what it means to be in a rural community and see how everybody mm-hmm. really behaves quite differently. Oh, yeah. I was just talking the other day about that, about how um, it was actually about how I lived in Lawrence, Kansas, and how Kansas City was so close. And my cousin recently moved back here, and she used to live close to Kansas City as well. Mm-hmm. And we were talking, it's like just the luxuries of living in a big city versus living where we live now so much more opportunities mainly food entertainment yeah it's easier to get healthy food i think in a bigger city so much easier i you know the not anything against arlie's gas grocery store but they only have like two different bag salads Oh, and I'm like, I just, and I'm trying not to do bags of a zero waste. Mm. So I'm really trying and I'm just like, ah, crap, I can't do that. But it's the only gas, like the only grocery store from my apartment in Missoula to work. Mm -hmm. And so, and then I have to drive into Missoula if I really want to go to a better grocery store. Do you live out a little bit outside on the outskirts? Yeah. I live by the airport. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so to go to the good food store, you have to go the opposite direction, right? Yeah. Which I mean... 
it, you want to burn extra gas or what, do you what wanna... is that called like first first uh not first nation wait no what is it called when it's like uh it's like a <laughs> when, what do they call it when it's uh it's like a first first nation issue but it's not nation it's like a oh why can i think about this Food sovereignty first world stuff. Problem. It's oh, first, first world. world yeah. problem. Oh my okay. god, I don't know why I couldn't think of that word. Yeah, it's totally my first world problem. Mm. Yeah, at least we have access to that stuff, right? It's very true. And we have vehicles that. Yeah. Basically, everyone owns a vehicle or two. Yeah. And everybody's got smartphones and TVs right. and computers, and we have all this technology that would be considered a huge luxury not that mm-hmm. long ago. Yeah, well, and it definitely increases the quality of our life. It can increase yeah. the quality of our lives. I've definitely seen it decrease people's mm-hmm. quality of life, especially when you get into game or movie addictions. Mm-hmm. Where I, I know there's this famous thing I see go around peri- periodically in social media and different forms of binging, like certain oh, things yeah. people will binge on with the social media or like movie series, mm-hmm. TV series. Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Well, yeah. YouTube. Because that's what happens, especially on Netflix. We're getting way off a topic. But on Netflix, they'll release like the whole season in one go. So then people just sit there and like binge watch the entire season. I did that recently with Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. I know I've done that in the past with um, what was the last one I did that with. I think it was um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh my gosh, I, I love that show. I watched all of oh, them in a row. <laughs> or The Office. I've done that with The Office. Yeah, I think The Office and is great too. it's nice. It's entertaining. But when you got other things <laughs> to do, it can lead to a whole pile of stress that you oh, didn't yeah. really need. So it's really an interesting phenomenon. That, it really um, is. I think at one point or another, a lot of people get caught into that trap of binging. So to bring that full circle... Uh, to Alyssa's comment, uh, there's a lot of distractions in the modern world and so to actually be indigenous and to engage in your culture mm-hmm. is even tougher than, than it used to be, which mm-hmm. I don't know, it's interesting to look at that because we had other challenges like the yeah. constantly having to fight or for our lives in a lot of ways for, for yeah. against all sorts of different pressures of just net, living in nature. Well, I think that people now also have a stereotypical idea of what a native person should look like. And if you don't fall into that typical look, then people will kind of second guess your yeah. own culture. And Especially your own other identity. natives I've noticed. Yeah. You know, I joke around about it with my siblings, you know, cause I'm pretty light skinned and I have a sister who is pretty light skinned as yeah. well. Don't you get people oh, yeah. get confused you to be Mexican a lot? All the time. Yeah. My older sister, she has extremely long curly hair and it's like the ringlet curls. And whenever we go into a Mexican restaurant, they speak Spanish to her all the time. <laughs> and now she's married to a Mexican dude. Interesting. Does she and speak so, Spanish? No, not oh, at all. Yeah. I think she's learning a little bit because of Victor, but uh, all the time. And she's just like, no, I hmm. <laughs> don't know what you're saying. But it, it's... I'm going to say 99 points like percent of the time. So, yeah. And do you, you experience the same similar problem? Not really. I think people think that I'm generally, um, I look more maybe white American oh, than yeah? anything else. So they start speaking white to you. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they just like, I get that question like, Oh, well, what are you? Cause they think that I'm something mixed yeah. with something else. What the hell? <laughs> 
I've never seen anything like you before. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it, you know what? I feel guilty for this a, a little. Um, I, I've done fairly well at forgiving my stupid ways of when I was a little kid. But my my big sister and I used to tease my little sister for being mm. light-skinned. Yep. And I can only imagine what that did to her. Because like, it was... Yeah, we we didn't treat our little baby sister very well. We kind of ganged up on her a little bit. But uh, she turned out okay, and she's definitely dark these days. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So it, it could go either way of like a playful thing, but then if people do it in like that really, really kind of negative undertone. Yeah, I don't think we're very playful Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we, we didn't know how to be sarcastic. We were... Kids are mean. Kids are mean. Kids are very blunt. <laughs> yeah. Kids are brutal. Especially teenagers, man. Holy crap. <laughs> no, like... Uh, Eight to ten year olds. That's true too. Yeah, but even little kids can be brutal. Oh yeah, like really brutal. Uh, I've, and it's usually when they think they're not being watched. You see them do some <laughs> of the meanest things to each other. I know my little niece did it the other day, and I was like, oh, oh, I'm glad you're not my kid. Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, I love you dearly, but man, hmm. she was pushing her boundaries. She's eight. She's pushing those boundaries now, figuring out what she could get away with. Yeah. So to all you light skinned natives out there. Don't feel bad. I mean, it's. Uh, I'm sure you've gone through a lot trying to deal with that, mm-hmm. and especially the social downsides to it being questioned or having mm-hmm. questions maybe wouldn't that wouldn't be asked of maybe someone like me where I got long a long braid, dark hair, and my hair is straight, mm-hmm. and I have dark skin, and people have always kind of assumed that I'm native, mm-hmm. whereas and that has different issues with it too. Whereas people true. treat you differently depending on what crowd you're running with just off of that one assumption that mm-hmm. I'm indigenous or I'm Indian, Native American, whatever you want to label it. And there's there's drawbacks, but I would say there's quite a few privileges actually that come along with that, especially when you hang out in academia oh, yeah. or you're hanging out with progressives on the left, mm-hmm. people on the left. Um, whereas I've noticed a lot of people on the right are Republicans. They typically just treat me, seems like just anybody else. I, don't, I haven't experienced that much racism except from yeah. when I was a teenager. And like, it was usually from other kids. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's what I did. Yeah. So keep on, Alyssa, keep, yeah. keep being that Cree woman. and Exactly. Oh, butt. that reminds me, this is what I was trying to say. Um, I was always raised... To believe that it's not about the color of your skin. It, mm. Being Indian is about how you live your life, how yes. you treat other people, and yes. how you treat the land, how you treat the earth, mm-hmm. and what kind of relationship you have with the plants and and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a lot more than the color of your skin. And we, we just yep. got that because our ancestors had sex. That's <laughs> that's that's where our dark skin comes from. And there's physiological reasons and biological mm-hmm. reasons for having darker skin. But that doesn't mean you can't share ideas and that doesn't mean you can't live your life according to certain ethical values and things Mm -hmm. like that and that's really what being the heart at the heart of being indigenous is it's a much more heart-centered it's Mm -hmm. not just about biology yep exactly well that was a really long keep on the good fight and and that was a long encouraging rant (laughs) hopefully encouraging keep on being you Yes, and that's another thing is we always change. Mm-hmm. Who I am now is probably way different than, than me 10 years from now. I'm sure I'm going to agree or disagree so. with myself on plenty of things that I say in this podcast at some point in the future. I mean, I already <laughs> do, but uh, I'm also probably going to, I mean, 
agree with myself on things too. Anyways, <laughs> let's get into the indigent fact. So to oh so yeah, uh, kind of has something to do with our the topic of today's show. Mm-hmm. The indigent fact is about how how we indigenous people are referred to in the Declaration of Independence. And this is an this is an interesting one. It's one of the only places where we're actually referred to this way in a legally codified document. And yeah, so it got me thinking about it because I'm seeing people. Uh, there's a strong push for those graphic t-shirts with words on there. And mm-hmm. so one of the quotes was from the declaration of independence. So it's made me really want to like figure out if that's the truth or not, because yeah. I saw people post it, but I was like, mm, did that really happen? And so it made me really kind of start to think about word usage a lot. Yeah. And it's interestingly enough, it's the very last grievance against King George that they were listing. They're listing them out. And typically people will remember the first and the last things, maybe some stuff in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they were aware of the placement of that and because it maybe was one of their more important gripes yeah. that they had. Or with if it King, was like the very last afterthought, like, oh, hey, we should throw that in there too. Yeah. Well, I don't think so. I mean, it was a big deal for settlers to the, the relationship and how much they had to basically organize their society around mm-hmm. the fact that there's... Or millions yeah. and millions yeah. <laughs> of people here already. So I, I'm, I'd be curious to dive into the, the history of this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So why don't you go ahead and let, her, let him know what the indigent fact okay. is. Okay, so um, it says, He has excited domestic insurrections amongst us. He has endeavored to bring on, in, oh my God, inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is indistinguished destruction of all ages and conditions. Yeah. Sexes too. Oh, sex. Ages, yeah. sexes and conditions. Everything. They, they do it all. And yeah. that's a lot of words. Sorry. I butchered that. <laughs> Even though I've read it like 10 times, this is like the last 30 minutes and I still it's like. It's because the pressure is on. <laughs> the pressure is on. We're, we're non-live recording right now. So right. It's, it's a high pressure yeah. situation. <laughs> So yeah, the merciless Indian savages is kind of what I've been seeing a lot right now, mm-hmm. um, especially with uh, what's that company called that is making those t-shirts? Like they say, strong, resilient. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of different companies. Yeah, there's like a lot of them, and so I've seen this one around, and so it really wanted me to kind of like so did, think does about it. The shirt you're talking about does it just say merciless Indian savages? Yeah, it's like three large words in quotation marks, and I then don't it could, think it has that would be powerful in quotation marks, and then like quoting, and then uh, have just Declaration of Independence. Yeah, I think that that part should be included on it because I think a lot of people just see that and they're like, well. You know, yeah, but at the same time, there is some context there that uh, it says that he excited. So this is the very last of the what is it called? The um, they're they're basically the gripes that the colonies had with the tyranny of the king of Great Britain at the time. And what are they calling these though? They actually have a word for um, this list. I'm trying to see it, but I'm not seeing it anymore. Yeah, so it says, the, so this is the first sentence, or the second sentence before they go through the grievances, and it says the history... That's right, grievances. That's the word I was looking for. The history of our present king of Great Britain in, is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, 
all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. Yeah, and then they list off a whole bunch of different things, a lot of them having to do with taxation without representation, as well as being able to have a militia and them being able to choose. A lot of it was about economic, being able to have that economic sovereignty. Mm Mm-hmm. And political sovereignty from Great Britain, unless they're planning on giving the colonies some form of representation in a say in how the decisions are being made there in London. Mm-hmm. And oh, they, yeah. they they kept getting the shaft, basically, and that's where we get the Revolutionary War. <laughs> and we're, that's not the topic of today's show. We are, we'll actually have a whole episode on that coming mm-hmm. up in our series on revolutions, as we'll talk about the Revolutionary War and the kind of maybe some of the science that led to that because mm-hmm. a lot of it comes out of the scientific revolution. Oh yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So this is the very last grievance that they mm-hmm. listed was that uh, he has excited domestic insurrections amongst us and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers. And then it says the merciless Indian savages <laughs> whose known rule of warfare is, is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. That's an interesting. So there's a lot to be pulled apart in there. Mm-hmm. The use of the word undistinguished, the use of the word endeavored, that that yeah. really puts a lot of the motive onto King George that he's trying. And actually, there's a lot of truth to that, that the, the Brits, they were inciting not only slave revolts in the South, but they're trying, they're also claimed to have been inciting natives to attack and there's that classic alliance between the britain great uh great britain and the hurons and then the iroquois and the federal government or mm. the the colonies and so there was that they they played on tensions that were already there between indigenous peoples and indigenous groups but also mm-hmm. i'm sure there's a lot more to the story so we'll we'll talk about that <laughs> In a totally different episode, but we just right. wanted to bring this up because the topic of today is words or the controversial words and how words can have multiple meanings and even multiple interpretations mm-hmm. on both sides. The people speaking it through mm-hmm. their intention, what having different intentions depending on how they use the word and, and then also how you perceive it mm-hmm. and how you actually deal with the definition in your own world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is an interesting thing. We've, yeah, we've already been talking about <laughs> yeah. this for like the last hour before we recorded. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about, yeah. and and we don't agree on everything. And I think a lot of it comes down to context. Yeah, the context seems to be really important in how I I interpret a lot of these. But I think that's true for everyone that interprets mm-hmm. these. Is what context are they being used in? And so the context we're going to be saying these things in is really just to say the word and then talk about it and talk about its definitions. So if we say any words that are particular offen- particularly offensive to anybody listening, uh, oh, well, we're going to say them. I but, may probably find it offensive, too. So yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably will be on that side with you. But I'm talking about it because I feel like it's important to talk about. Exactly. And sometimes the most important things to talk about are going to be the hardest, the most emotionally. Because mm-hmm. really, if you're talking about anything important, people are going to be emotionally invested in that. And it's oh, yeah. not going to be an easy conversation. Especially so. like some of these, some of these words are just like, yeah. I know. Why you, is there you another say it, You want to like look around yeah. and I'm, I, I have this <laughs> feeling like 
a hand is just going to come out of the bushes <laughs> slap and me. slap me. Yeah. <laughs> the, oh. the secret hand of political correctness. <laughs> so with that being said, let's just get into it. And we have a whole list here. I don't know if we get on to them all, but let's start with that. Uh, those ones that we just talked about, the heathen, the savage, or not heathen, savage. but a uh, savage, savages, Indian. We could talk about merciless, but I think uh, we could. The one I'm interested in most is Indian and savage. So, yeah, especially now because yeah, I think Indian has that. a lot of, uh, you know, different roles in American society now because we have. Oh, yeah. Especially Indians. when you consider actual Indians from yeah. India. Yeah, we've had that talk before. And so, American Indians and mm-hmm. then Indian Americans? Yeah. Is that what they are? I think that's are? right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the, I think there's some controversy around that as well. I just from what I've heard from immigrant people that have come here. Mm-hmm. From like India, for example, or even black people, they're saying, well, am I really African-American? I'm, I'm, I'm not from Africa. I'm right. an American. Why do we got to add the Which is why I think that adjective. now they prefer black. Maybe, I think it I, depends on the person. Yeah. Again, the context, because I know context. some people yeah. prefer that and other people maybe prefer the phrase people of color. Mm. And okay. not many people, I think, are down with colored people. That phrase, I think, is really politically incorrect, right? Yeah, I think that one just has a lot of ties to His, the history, the history yeah. of it. Yeah, similar to like savage and how it was used to reference in Indian people, mm-hmm. indigenous people here in North America. It's like squaw. It, mm-hmm. It's you know, it's it it's has other meanings, right? but the historical context for it is a derogatory term for yes. it for sure. So let's go and define savage. It. In the Merriam-Webster dictionary, they say that it's like the very first simple definition of it is actually really interesting when you think about it, that it's not, so it, uh, savage is, quote, not domesticated or under human control, end quote. Hmm. Wait, hold on. Yeah, that kind of, it's, it's almost has a dehumanizing nature to it. It does, but like. Whatever it is, it's not under human control. What, what if they're humans? Yeah, but what's, they, isn't not domesticated? Okay, wild, like free roaming, right? Yeah, that's the yeah. second definition is wild or uncultivated. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And uh, another definition here is lacking the restraints normal to civilized human beings. And some of the simpler ones further down is like boorish or rude or malicious and the very last one here listed here is lacking complex or advanced culture. You know, which we get all the time because there are some certain people that feel like colonization improved our well, advanced our culture in a way that maybe Yeah, if they mean you know, we would never have cell phones, then that's totally that's true. Yeah. Well but I mean but who it, phones, it may have just taken longer time. Like it may have progressed at a slower rate because in Europe and in what is that called? Like Eurasia, Eurasia Near East. area, Near East. You know, like they've had a lot of more technology advancements. That if we would have had the same time scale, you know, like who knows what it would have happened. Yeah, the geography setup and the the climatic setup over there is very different than what mm-hmm. we have here. They have a east west orientation, where we have a north south orientation because we long. And I don't. I'm not sure how actually solid this theory is but in jared jared diamond's book about guns germs and steels that that's one of the main things he talks about is that it's way more difficult to translate technologies and different plants to different latitudes Mm. 
It's mm. way easier to do it longitudinally because they're going to have the same environment. Yeah. It's relatively similar cultures because if you just if you just look at a map, the difference between cultures at the equator compared to cultures at the Arctic oh, are very, very different. different. Yeah. So and that, that has a lot to do with plants That's, and the animals that are I there. I forgot about that book. Oh, yeah, it's That's a great a book, book and I don't agree with him on everything and th- yeah. there's plenty of holes in his theories and that other maybe more qualified anthropologists have pointed out. But he, it's a stimulating conversation, mm-hmm. and he's got really good points, and I think that's one of them is yeah. uh, that uh, that north south orientation, and that really speaks to my opinion about where cultures come from in the first place. That they arise from the land, they arise from the plants and the animals of that area. Mm-hmm. That's why we have so many different cultures, and why often cultural diversity is a mirror of biological diversity. And there's a lot of research that's done on that, comparing that to language, and. Um, I know it's one of the indicators that some of these huge global studies have used to begin to make that argument that we have to preserve these indigenous cultures mm-hmm. because they're directly correlating to, and we don't really know all the mechanisms and how all, how it's all connected, but there's a direct correlation between cultural and linguistic diversity and the biological diversity. So what we're talking about, we're talking about savage. Savage. <laughs> Off track. uh, That's in like the modern use of it definitely seems to come down to that uh, kind of boorish and rude kind of malicious or that uh, lacking the restraints to normal civilized human beings. Because I I know that that's a I don't don't know where that comes from, comes from, but like someone will do something kind of hardcore and people watching will be like, man, that's so savage. savage. (laughs) That's savage, bro. And so and this is a definitely a. name given to a lot of different groups of indigenous people Mm -hmm. and they called us the savages of the high plains the pecani people or blackfeet people and i don't know i don't i don't haven't done any surveys on this or anything but it seems like a lot of blackfeet people i know don't mind that word very much in fact some Mm -hmm. of us i know myself included were like yeah fuck yeah i'm a savage (laughs) i'll savage your ass all day long (laughs) But at the same time, I do understand the historical use of that word. Mm-hmm. Very similar to like the N word. I mean, it's it's one of those words that oftentimes people don't even want to say. But we've also been called similar. Like I know that prairie nigger. That's a very touchy word that mm-hmm. I feel weird just saying. Yeah, I don't say it. I, yeah. <laughs> it it's just something that like I've been called it before, yeah, you know, me too. but you know, I just but but yeah. we're we're uh, we are indigenous people so we can say any word we want to right <laughs> <laughs> oh no no, no no not that one yeah, that one that. for me is just has always been one of those hard nos yeah well i, I the way i figure it is intention has a lot to yeah. do with it and the context has a lot to do with it so right here in this we're in we're just recording a podcast episode which is really just set up to be just a a conversation a, a well-informed conversation and to talk about words you gotta say them because it brings that charge with it that emotional charge that wouldn't be there if i just said prairie n-word yeah so and now it's informing our conversation at a much deeper <laughs> level <laughs> because we both had an emotional reaction to it yeah I still can't. <laughs> yeah. And see there, that's something to talk about as as well, is yeah. our difference in how we feel about it to the point where you don't want to say it ever. And yeah. I'll say it if I'm going to talk about the word, but 
in normal conversation or to actually refer to anybody. Right. <laughs> There'd be no use for me to ever say that. <laughs> yeah, there is no use. I just uh, have learned about using river and timber. Yeah, and I never heard the, these that. ones. So instead of prairie, nigger, yeah. it'd be river or timber. Yeah, so it's very geographical about how they're yeah. positioning this. It's very clearly a derogatory term that, that people mm -hmm. use to discriminate against some tribe in either a prairie region, a river region, or a timber region. Yep. And, and so that's, there's so many different names. So there's savage, there's the, I don't think barbarian was one that was used for us very often. I always think about, um, Conan. Yeah, me I too. Conan the barbarian. Yeah. <laughs> it always reminds me of Jason Mella because he played the most, I think it was the most recent Conan. Oh yeah. And he's a babe. Yeah, he's got that classical Conan, Conan the Barbarian build. Mm -hmm. But I know Arnold Schwarzenegger was one of them, right? Yeah, he was the original. He was the Conan original. The After, like, because I think it might have started with comic books. I'm mm. not sure. I might be wrong on that. But I, rem I remember there was old school comic books about Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, I guess I always feel like Barbarian is kind of more maybe like a European word. Because yeah. I think I hear it when like people talk about extreme dictators or like kings uh -huh. and queens well it like, comes it comes from the greeks and the greeks mm. referred to anyone not them as barbarians. barbarians and it at one point in time it didn't have a negative connotation it was just like okay well we're greeks and they're barbarians mm -hmm. that just meant that they're other but eventually it took on that connotation of being negative like they're less advanced they're not as quote as civilized quote unquote and then but what's funny is the persians called the greeks barbarians <laughs> So, I mean, they had their own word for it, but it had the similar meaning yeah. that they were other or that they were these less advanced group of people. Mm -hmm. So it's fascinating to see how that plays out. And, and it gets me wondering about our words, if we had any words in our indigenous languages that kind of correlated to that, like the, oh, that's the other people that's, they're not us or they're not as good as us in mm -hmm. some way. I'm not familiar with any terms like that, but it, Again, I, I, I'm not a fluent speaker of my language. Yeah, so. I don't think that I do either. I mean, there's words for like different races, mm -hmm. but I think that it's not. Yeah, and it's usually different tribes, not even. Yeah. Well, like Salish has like a a person, like a word for a black person and a word for a white person. Oh, okay. And those are, would be relatively new words, words we kind of had to invent yeah, as things went along. Because I know that uh, like the name for the color black is in the word for a black person. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I, I would love to kind of sit down and talk more about linguistics and just, yeah, who knows? And you know what? I was looking up the definition of this word. I don't, I don't even want to say it anymore. <laughs> <clears throat> so the, this word nigger, it has <laughs> a really horrible sound. And I think a lot of that is cultural and it comes from movies and how, it's viewed as just this really bad it word. It sounds harsh now. It, to, like, it does. to my ears, it's like just really, really harsh. Even though like it's just a word. But it sounds super harsh. Yeah, and I think that says a lot about human language and how mm -hmm. powerful human language is and how much it's integrated with our biology. Mm -hmm. That it, it's very tied to our evolution and our biology and our physiology. Like it. so that a whole idea that words can't hurt me. There's a lot of truth to that. Like, what? How does that saying go? It's like an old sticks and stones may break yeah, my bones, but, but words will never hurt me. <laughs> I mean, there's truth to that. 
I really yeah. do believe that how we perceive words has the biggest effect on how we they mm-hmm. affect us. But we can't we can't ex- escape or ex- escape can't escape escape. We can't escape the power of them and the oh, fact yeah. that there uh, that there is going to be a physiological emotional response. Mm-hmm. And humans are simple, man. I don't think most of us are capable of being aware of how all these different words impact us as individuals um, all the time. But that is a responsibility, right? To pay Mm -hmm. attention to how we respond and see if that's actually serving us Mm -hmm. or our family or like the situation better or for worse. But that's Hmm. that's tough. When emotions are involved, it's pretty tough to stay clear-headed. Those emotions. Yeah, they're good. They're really good for certain things, but they're not so good for other things. Kind of like logic is really good for certain things. But not good for other things. So it has to be a pairing. And you got. I really feel like uh, you have to understand when and where those things are appropriate. But anyways, the, this definition I found is really not informative at all as far as what it actually means. Because it's saying like used as an insulting or contemptuous term for black person. Mm-hmm. Or used as an insulting or contemptuous term for a member of any dark skinned race. So that's where our, like the indigenous use of it would come in mm-hmm. with the prairie and river and timber. And then the uh, this third definition is a member of a class or group of people who are systematically subjugated to discrimination and unfair treatment. So that that definition can be used in a lot of different that contexts. Can. Oh yeah. So, but it they don't really talk about what it actually means though. So I'm, and I think that takes some more digging. We'd have to look at some history and mm-hmm. other stuff like well, how did they what did they actually mean by it back in the day? And uh, I, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> But uh, the so the savage and so what did they call it? What did they say in that uh, the declaration is uh, Indian savages? Yeah, merciless Indian savages. Yeah, and so Indian there's that's a long story too. That that um, the 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 classic story goes right like right something like this right where Columbus showed up and he didn't know where he was at, so he thought, oh, these must be Indians, and so that's where we, that comes from. But I've read some accounts that kind of call that into question that maybe he actually did know where he was and mm-hmm. that his, that was his idea the whole time that there was another continent that nobody was really sure about mm-hmm. and so he took a risk because really if there wasn't a united states of or not united, if there wasn't an, an american continent or the, these two if that wasn't there he wouldn't really have been able to make it over that big of an, o- an ocean yeah that's as huge. even compared as relative to how they thought the ocean mm-hmm. was back then so it, there's a lot there's a lot of kind of secondary evidence that points to this idea that he he did know there was something there, but why call us Indians? I wonder if it was just the fact that like that Maybe just was his normal like his normal thought like that's hmm. And there's a fascinating yeah. theory that the Chinese were actually the first people to the Americas. Have you ever come across that? No, I've saw some about Polynesian people. Yeah. Being so the first. or I mean. Not not before indigenous people, but first oh, as far as colonizing okay, or okay. Mod- relatively modern nations. Well, what about like uh, Chinese, Vikings? Well, that actually came here uh, during the colonial era and okay. stayed. And the Vikings arguably came, but they weren't very successful at it. And they, I think they only came to like, well, a, what did they say? Like the... There's a site in Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Yeah, so Newfoundland. staying in the northeastern part of mm-hmm. the United States. But this theory attributes a lot more influence from the Chinese that they... The, the way it goes is 
There's so there's, there's a lot of historical facts that support the beginning of this theory, mm-hmm. but the actual there's no actual evidence that shows they were here for sure. There's a lot of anecdotal stuff and a lot of kind of secondhand evidence. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a fact that there's this expedition that was led by this guy named Zheng He, and he definitely made it to India, and they made it to the around the Horn of Africa, and they made it down around the uh, the southern tip of Africa also. Mm-hmm. But that's where the documentation stops. Oh. And that's where in the, their own histories in China, they have concluded, okay, well, they we didn't go beyond that. But there was a lot of political drama that happened right after Zheng Hu's fleet. And so in the after the, the first emperor of the Ming dynasty died, then the next one took over and systematically tried to get rid of that history. Mm. So they decommissioned the fleet, even went so far as to destroy the locks from the ships. And so this is relatively recently discovered stuff. Hmm. But it's a fascinating th- theory that they... That so if it's true, then the Chinese showed up here in 1420s, the 1420s. They showed oh. up in the United in the Americas and especially South America, the islands, and then the East Coast. And they some... so But most of mainstream... Archaeology and historians, historians, they don't really buy, mm. buy it. Um, but some say, like, well, this is an interesting theory. It hasn't been disproven yet. So well, why not look, keep our eyes out? Yeah, I mean, anything over Columbus, man. Yeah, so huh? I do not remember how we got on talk. Oh, yeah, we we're talking about Columbus. <laughs> oh, yeah. In that. So anyways, Columbus, Indians. And so this is something I don't really like the word Indian. I grew up saying Indian. But a lot of natives say Indian, but that E part of that is not quite as stressed. It's like Indian, 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 kind of. I, I, I can't really say it because I didn't. I grew up saying Indian, just straight up took the E and A out, I think. In, Indian. Indian. <laughs> that's how my mom says it. And that's how you a know, lot of black people yeah, say it. My, I mean, my mom, you know, I think it might be a generational thing as well uh-huh. because my mom likes the word American Indian. Yeah. That's what she calls herself, mm-hmm. you know? So I think... And that's yeah. probably the most politically correct use of it. Probably. Of label that we get is Indian. But our generation, we're shifting that conversation and now it's indigenous, right? Yeah. I mean, I prefer... I have definitely said indigenous probably a lot more than I've said even native. Well, I mean, native kind of. Native, yeah. Yeah, but definitely not... I know a lot native of young American. people say native mostly. Yeah, natives. like it's you cut it in half, like but not native. Maybe because we're scientists and we're more technical about our terms, because native can be arguably just anyone born here. Yeah. Whereas indigenous has a much more specific. And I think it was because I heard meaning. some a native person break down the word indigenous, and it really and I'm gonna find it for some for people so that they can do it too. But it just mean pretty much means like. Uh, coming from that land and which I think is really cool because I think indigenous people really are just like you were saying earlier about they're really, really defined based on the plants and animals and landscape where they are. Exactly. And it even says that in the Merriam-Webster dictionary that the definition of indigenous is produced, growing, living, or occurring naturally in a particular region or environment. Mm -hmm. And you could argue that, yeah, someone born here, they were produced here, right? But um, 
I guess the the so another one is innate is another so it's an innate part of that environment. So I think to really be indigenous, you, there's a certain level of connectivity with you in the envi- environment mm-hmm. and the actual environment there in that place. Oh yeah, and it's like a holistic view of that whole landscape as well. Yeah, and and so that's when we start to get into the more the philosophical meaning that a lot of indigenous people see themselves as being mm-hmm. like not only are we here and we have been but we're a part of this place this place mm-hmm. is a part of us and i think being native like a native american could as it's weird it's semantics at a certain point it is and yeah. it's just con like i said context driven and how you perceive individual it. Yeah. Per- per- perception yeah so there's the interesting thing there and savage uh, again, like uh, it's context. Mm-hmm. If I'm calling myself a savage or like, it's kind of facetious or you're joking around mm-hmm. you're like, damn bro, you're so savage. Like I, I kind of, I don't really have a problem with it, but when <laughs> I just don't get it's, it. it's that yeah. other connotation though, that, that's connected with racism. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're just a savage. Yeah. And then in the context of talking about native people being less than or less valuable or less advanced, in some way or where basically just not being as good as yeah. whatever group that you're comparing them with. Cause uh, I mean, you could, it could be a black person being racist towards a native person mm-hmm. or even a native person being racist towards like a white person. But I think the racism comes in when you're judging the whole rest of their, their group of people that look the same mm-hmm. based off of that individual's stupidity yeah. or, arguably even their own their mental health issues because that's really what it seems like a true bona fide racism mm-hmm. seems like a mental health issue i mean it's definitely like a learned trait as well like uh, and yeah, yeah a lot of mental health issues are learned mm-hmm. oh yeah i mean i just i think about some of the the kind of the things that i do in my life and i'm like holy crap like i learned it from from other people in my life and mm-hmm. It's it's easy to to definitely keep going with that and breaking that habit and breaking that cycle is hard. It is. What would you say would be like the hardest part of breaking a cycle that you inherited from someone else, whether you, it was your parents or teachers or brother, sister, friends? Do you think it, there's a certain part of it, like a, or do you think it's different depending on who you get it from? Um, so I have certain mental health, health issues in my family, especially my, my mom's side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. You know, of my, my grandma was bipolar. Well, I guess my dad's side got played too. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I definitely, in my mom's mom, I hope everyone listens to her interview, you know, her, her parents were alcoholics, you know, mm-hmm. which really kind of instilled this is going to be like a generic answer that I'm going to give instilled a lot of her outlooks about how she perceives emotions. And so my mom is a very emotional person. I love her for it. She is a hundred percent lets you know what she's feeling in that moment, whether it's good, bad, positive, negative, anything. She'll let you know, mad, sad, angry. She'll, she'll do it. My dad, on the other hand, complete opposite. He won't let you know what he's feeling. And so now I'm at this weird position of I've learned both. 
Hmm. And so now the way that I perceive my own emotions and how I handle my emotion is that it takes completely over of who I am. And like, that's what floods me the most instead of rationally thinking about what I should do. I just kind of act on it kind of like my mom, but then I'll catch myself instantly after I say that wishing that I was more like my dad, oh, you know, yeah. and kind of like seeing the value in that. Yeah, exactly. And so that's becoming the hardest part for me is really understanding mental illness and kind of how that plays and not being afraid to talk about it. Because I think that Hmm. you don't want to look weak and you don't want to be kind of this, you want to be resilient. You want to be like this kind of strong person. And I think that people look at mental illness in a way that, as if you're, yeah, as if you're weaker because yeah. you're having mental health problems. But I think everybody, you know, handles that. And I think that in indigenous communities, especially you're, you're taught to be strong, you know, you're yeah. taught to not kind of let that show. And so really kind of working through that in, in a way is, has been really tough. It is tough. And that's a, the real strength comes when you can express your emotions mm-hmm. and share them with people without being emotional about it, yeah. like adding extra emotions in the, in the situation because you're, so say for example, you're talking about something that you're offended by mm-hmm. or something that you're really mad about to with the person that is responsible for bringing that into the situation. Maybe they said something or did something that really got you, got you going mm-hmm. emotionally. Well, the trick is, is to then in that moment before you go and interact with them is to figure out how to bring that other side to the balance. Like mm-hmm. what your father you're talking about with your father and being able to express your emotions, let them know how you feel, but not add extra emotions on top of it. Yeah. That's the hard part. And I think it's tough. I think men and women have a problem with that. I think mm-hmm. it's really just a part of natural emotional maturity that mm-hmm. we all have to gain at some point. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I know I, I still struggle with that a lot trying to let people know how I feel without adding extra shit into it and right. and making it into something that it, it isn't or trying to make it about them mm-hmm. instead of just being like, look, I'm taking responsibility for my emotions, but this is how I feel. And um, unless we talk about them, you're never going to know if you're right or wrong. Because right. I know sometimes the way I feel about something is definitely not the truth of it. And I'm, I could be totally opposite. I might be the wrong one. So uh-huh. unless I go and say, hey, look, I'm really mad about this, I won't find, find out if I'm, maybe I'm just being mad over stupid things or yeah. not. Because sometimes they are ridiculous things that I get mad about. Exactly. Like, I'll just be overtired. And then instead, oh, yeah. of, instead of explaining hangry, to people. Yeah. Right? <laughs> instead of, like, explaining yeah. to people, like, hey, I know I'm a little grumpy right now, but I'm just, like, I'm pretty overworked. I'm pretty overwhelmed. I'm pretty tired. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just my life right now. So, it, and that's something else I think is just communicating. Yeah. It's very hard. And these words, communicating these words are very hard. It is. And I think a, a point that I would really like to make about these words and communicating and how tough it can be is sometimes people just say things that are shitty. Mm-hmm. They're mean. And they even mean them that way. They're trying yeah. to get a reaction. And the only thing that gives that power, just like gossip and stuff like that, is if you engage with it. If you actually let that affect you and yeah. you let that ruin your day, they get, you're basically giving them what they want. Because they want to get an emotional reaction. They want you to scream and yell or they want you to 
get offended mm -hmm. because when we respond that way, it there's a, a certain part of our self that isn't being brought to the table because we're just kind of going all in on cer a certain aspect of ourself, our emotional self mm -hmm. or ours, maybe some trauma that we're dealing with in, in our own lives. And we're not actually coming to the table, putting our whole, our whole mind on the table. Yeah. Instead we're putting, putting bits and pieces of it out. And when, and then people, it's really easy to take those bits and pieces and construct a narrative about someone that's not entirely true, but that's what they saw. Yeah. And I think, so I have found Lizzo, who is like a rapper, who is Lizzo. Lizzo. Hmm. She's a very confident, big black woman. Very confident. I'm loving her. She's making me more confident in my life. But I think it touches based on what Alyssa said about how you are the only one who can determine who you are. Exactly. And yeah. I feel like we've had so many people that kind of, and we'll be releasing uh, uh, Being Indigenous in the Modern World, where we talk to um, two young individuals yeah. who really explain kind of how negative words really play a big role in kind of defining about what we think about ourselves mm -hmm. and like breaking those pressures is really, really hard. And so listening to her is just like making me like a little bit more confident it's in my probably life. Probably one of the hardest things we can do is, Oh yeah. Is to not let those define us. Mm -hmm. And, and that, so it's a little bit different than from what they were talking about. And uh, as far as maybe a parent saying something over and over compared to like, being ex uh, experiencing racism in school yeah. or in, in your work or wherever it is. Like peer-to-peer -peer bullying. Yeah, that's yeah. different than that everyday exposure to maybe something your parent or your teacher is saying. That can, I think, have much more profound effects on your identity because even if you don't really believe it, you get told that shit enough times, mm -hmm. you're going to start wondering. You're going to be like, well, am I? Yeah. Am I that way? Really? No, no. But eventually that, that voice gets quieter and quieter mm -hmm. and then their voice gets louder and louder in your own head. And that's the weird part is we got to believe this stuff before we actually ever, ever, before it's true in our own life. Right. So deep down, if someone's like saying, oh, you're just a dirty savage and you're super offended and you take that to heart and uh, that ends up ruining your day. Somewhere deep down, you kind of believe that. Yeah. Which is really hard. Like it's really hard because I have a you know, a list of accomplishments in my life. Yeah. But like the moment somebody questions my character or like what I've done. And so I am in a position right now where I, my older cousin is my boss. Mm -hmm. Technically she's not my boss. Um, because I, my boss is somebody else. It's her, actually her boss. Yeah. And so I'm now like facing this like kind of, uh, maybe it's more for myself of like pushing myself harder to make sure that, people know that like I'm qualified for this job hmm. and like making sure like people know that it's not because I got it because she's my cousin, but I got it because I am very qualified for the position that I'm in and like having that kind of confidence. But then when someone asks, Oh, so you got it from your cousin? Yeah. There's and almost like, I'm like, like that. Oh. Yeah. You, you're, you're wondering, what do you mean by that? Right? Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, well, no. And then I have to like catch myself being like, no, you're definitely qualified for this job. Yeah. You work hard. You do your job. You're there more than you need to be. And so like, it's just reassuring yourself. And like, it's just the society that maybe we're in right now where 
or maybe it's like what I'm coming to is like being more confident in my own life Mm -hmm. and like being confident of who I am. And that's 29 years of life. It took me to get to this point where like, I'm really trying to be more confident and assured in myself, but it's so easy when you see, like when people just throw out these words that we talked about to like kind of bring you down a notch, but you can't let it do that. You got to be strong and you got to just make sure that you know that you're worth it. And and that's the hardest part. It is. And and I think why it's it's really hard to come to grips with this individually is the sometimes the exact design and intention of the word Mm. and the the use of it is to knock people down a peg to Mm -hmm. make them feel less than worthy or to feel with like this one this um, savage word Mm -hmm. to to have them be feeling like they're less than human or can convey that meaning to other people that this group is less than human. Because they're savages. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, the the danger in it is it's just spreading that really negative perspective. But it only spreads if people believe it. Mm-hmm. That's where the power, it really is. It's not, the word's not powerful. Yeah. It's people's belief. That's what's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's up to us to break these cycles within exactly. ourselves. And I think yeah. one way we, we kind of have done that is by taking and reappropriating these terms mm-hmm. kind of like with black people saying nigga mm-hmm. or natives saying Indian mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and even in South America, I know that some groups have redefined and taken ownership of the word Indian and as a badge of honor is like, this is, this has a lot to do with our history. Mm-hmm. It's not just about how they use it. It's about what that word represents. It's like squaw. Um, I wish I would have looked this up before I did it, but it is used in very positive forms of indigenous work, but they're taking it back and it's no longer the derogatory term that it once was. I don't know. When was it like really strong, like 30, 40, 50 years ago? Yeah. I know. Especially I first, I think I first got exposed to it in cartoons. Oh yeah. Like those old Bugs Bunny cartoons that were super racist (laughs) it's funny then they're kind of hardcore like just now in retrospect but back then it was like this is totally fun fun." yeah Yeah. (laughs) and so thinking back uh so there's this other word that's often associated with indigenous people is primitive Mm -hmm. and this word is defined as not derived just simply that not derived or also original or primary so in a way, that's like, yeah, yeah, kinda, we are primitive. Yeah. We're we are not derived from another culture. We're not mm-hmm. derived from some grace that was bestowed upon us by a European culture. Just, so in a, in another one is um, assumed as a basis. And I always want to be primitive. I want to know yeah. like survival skills. So yeah. like, if the apocalypse happens, like I'm ready. Like I'm I can defend myself. I'm gonna live long. Like I'll be fine. But right now I'm not primitive. I'm. I, uh, I, yeah. I do the glamping for sure. Another definition here is elemental or natural. It's elemental. like, yeah, elemental. Yeah. I like yeah. that word, elemental. It's pretty Now natural. sometimes, oh yeah, so here it's, here's another definition of it. Now sometimes offensive of relating to or produced by a people or culture that is non-industrial and often non-literal and tribal. Hmm. So... There's I mean, a lot of definitions for yeah. it. I mean, primitive is one of those words that I'll take back. <laughs> I will 
definitely try to be more primitive in my life. Yeah. Here's another one, a root word. So a lot of it has to do with going back like to the original thing, mm-hmm. the, the, like the first of whatever it is. Like a primitive stone tool. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, primitive survival skills. Mm-hmm. They're not super complicated survival techniques, but they're these skills that are present pretty much in any mm. culture before the advent of like refrigerators and guns and stuff like that. Or lighter, so you have to make your own fire. Yeah, primitive Primitive fire. ways of life. Friction yeah. <laughs> fire, man. I, that's, I think, my favorite one. Out I think all of them is friction fire. I think my little brother fire. ones, too. Yeah. It's tough. Frick, making a friction fire is probably one of the hardest things I ever learned how to do. There's a lot of moving parts to it, and mm-hmm. it takes a little bit of physical strength Oh, yeah, it's hard. It. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. Hmm. No. So, so I kind of view primitive a little bit more positively than savage. Yeah, I think I do, too. But oftentimes those two words kind of intermingle with the more racial or the more oppressive uses of those terms. Mm-hmm. Is, oh, you're savage, you're primitive just a heathen barbaric barbarian the they, those are definitely can be lumped together i think in very mm-hmm. similar uses and then the other ones are more specific though like the the connotation of what squaw is or maiden like an indian maiden i was a maiden oh yeah and <laughs> the brave that has a lot yeah. to do with the the kind of that noble savage myth yeah that we're all just these earth-loving beings that are completely connected like they literally had a movie where they could go put their braids into the roots hey, of a tree i love avatar <laughs> you're gonna cross a line right here and like it can't be crossed avatar is my favorite movie it's a fictional movie no no, no. Fuck, I love i'm it. jealous of those i I'm, wish i'm jealous of them man i wish dude, i could do that if my hair grew that long like i would be so happy my hair gets to a point and it's done like yeah. it's not growing any farther than that yeah, and unless you want to do some awkward yoga-like stances, you got to get down on your knees to <laughs> yeah. plug your hair into the roots. Oh, man, I'm stoked for Avatar 2. Oh, yeah. Do you Probably. know when that's coming out? I think like 2020. Hmm. They're taking a long time. Yeah, there's a lot of cool movies coming out over the next year or so. Yeah. I, so. I'm, I was just going to talk about something else, but I don't know if we <laughs> totally irrelevant. So... There's there's a lot of words and we didn't cover all of them. Yeah, we may do this yeah, again. We'll probably do another uh, episode. If anybody listening has a word mm-hmm. that you know is especially controversial or maybe you'd like us to explore it. And this is our first version of this, but I really like to get into the Greek roots and the Latin Ooh, roots of yeah. words. So if anybody has a word or some words that we didn't cover, let us know. Drop us a message on Instagram or you can send us an email at our email address or you can even leave a comment on our website Mm -hmm. we look at all of it and we will most likely get to it relatively soon within 24 hours generally yeah we usually get back to people but um, as far as when it'll end up on a show it could be months from now but it'll be on the list and we Mm -hmm. will get to it yeah i'm super excited to see what everybody kind of everybody's controversial words yeah i feel like they're completely different I, yeah, because I like just like us, mm-hmm. how we were talking about the cultural appropriation and mm-hmm. especially Halloween costumes, and oh, we yeah. we don't quite agree. <laughs> we don't agree <laughs> on how, about the the. Uh, con- I agree that it's controversial for yeah. sure, and the context is really important to me. But um, we didn't quite agree on the this notion that it's always a, like it's just offensive across the board. Mm-hmm. But 
Let's see. We'll save that for another episode. I think we can talk Halloween about cultural episode. appropriations. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot to be said about that. There is. Yeah. Oh, oh man. There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, what are you thankful for today? I am thankful for, I want to say human perception hmm. because from my experience, that has been the thing that has made the biggest difference in my life, whether I'm happy or sad or able to just be resilient and deal with the hardness, the mm-hmm. ev- inevitable hardness of life, is how am I perceiving what's going on? Mm. And being able to shift that in a direction that is positive, it's really, really hard. It it's really hard. Mm-hmm. And any tool that I've come across over the years to help me do that has typically been the, some like really life changing moments. Mm -hmm. And, and then it reaffirms those tools in my life. And I'm like, Oh, so that's why I do that. That's why (laughs) maybe I should start doing that again. Like meditation, some kind of meditative practice has been probably one of the biggest tools that I've used to be able to actually cultivate that ability in myself is to catch myself as the days go going about whatever you're doing when you catch yourself responding or reacting in a certain way being able to recognize where at in your body mm-hmm. that's happening but also where is it coming more metaphysically like mm-hmm. is it a an emotional thing or is it emotional and and attached to memory of some kind maybe you had an experience you never quite dealt with or maybe it's something you're really aware of and you recognize you want to stop that behavior mm-hmm. but it just keeps popping up and that is where the ability to actually shift the behavior came from, in my opinion, is some kind of a meditative practice because it gets you to actually refocus your perception. That's basically what you're practicing doing is you're refocusing where you put your attention. And that is the key to not controlling our perception, but at least having some kind of a process where you're engaging with your own perception. And that way, I've noticed over time there's a voice that has developed in my head saying eh, that that's not really your opinion or <laughs> you don't really believe that. Right. When I well, I'll say things and it's one of the ways that I've been able to get better and better at catching myself telling stupid lies mm. is that voice will pop in and usually it's always right. But um, the more I listen to that voice, the better I get at that. And I know that that came from partially came from meditating, but it also came from just exercising my opinion and writing mm-hmm. and like a lot of different things. So yeah, perception. I'm mm-hmm. I'm grateful that perception is the, the type of perception we have. Yeah. Because it seems to be pretty unique, a unique thing that we can actually pay attention to how we right. think and change how we're thinking. Like actually decide to change how you think and perceive the world. That, that's Wait, powerful. It's so kind of crazy, hard. man. Yeah, it's so hard to do that. So that, that's kind of an epic thing to, that I'm grateful for. But uh, yeah, that's my that's what I'm grateful for today. Hmm. Mine's not as deep as that one, but Lizzo, she's saving my life right now. Oh, so yeah. I'm just going to end with one of her quotes. Well, it's not a quote, but a lyric. I'm going to have to look her up. You will. I bet you like her. So um, <laughs> one of the lines is just, go dust your shoulders off and keep it moving. That's what I've been trying to do. Mm. It's what I've been trying to live my motto on right now because everything is very chaotic in my life right now. Yeah, that's so, even a dance move, isn't it? 
that whole yeah, day. go brush your, your shoulders, shoulders off. off. Yeah, <laughs> I can see I can see myself doing it. Right, just everything about her. You know, I think she's a very confident lady. That if there's women out there that I, I, I she's blowing up right now. So I'm okay. pretty sure people who Lizzo. like her. Lizzo, is it L I Z Z O? Yep. Okay. And so she released like these songs like in uh, like last year. It's just now she's just finally getting recognized now. Uh-huh. I love her. Um, you know, she's she's definitely helping me with my hour long drive to work. Uh, and so it's been great. Definitely feeling a little bit more confident from her. But that's also just my own personal life is just surrounding myself with people who make me feel confident. Yeah. Which and getting out of the toxicity in my life, hmm. which is hard. Yeah, and any kind of tool that you can mm-hmm. use that helps with that. Uh, I mean, there's certain tools that are probably not good, right. like alcohol or yeah. <laughs> or doing some meth. But there are other tools like, like music. Mm-hmm. I think that's an, one of the most powerful forms of communication we have. Oh, yeah. And so she's communicating it to you on a pretty deep level. She is. And if she can do that for you yeah. <laughs> through that form of communication, right. that's... That's good. And she has and no idea who I am. But if you're listening by chance, I love you. Yeah. Come meet me. Watch Lizzo's like <laughs> yeah. our biggest fan. <laughs> we didn't even know it. All right. Well, who knows? I, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying a few of these words today. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. But uh, I think anyways, I cussed. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I th- I'm pretty sure I cussed in this episode more than I usually do. I just know that I get in trouble because my sister listens and oh. my niece listens. So I'm sorry. Sorry, Esther and Gina. Well, we do put the explicit content <laughs> on our releases. So parents out there, if you got your kids listening to our show, just be warned. We, we cuss sometimes and we don't mean to. And I've been thinking like, huh, if I if we want kids to listen, we should probably, or yeah. I, I know I should <laughs> probably not cuss so much because I think I cuss almost once or twice an episode. Yeah. But it's so fun. <laughs> Not to do it all the time, but... Sometimes it's, just, it's needed. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it. I, I suppose I could become more articulate. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone. If you like the episode, make sure you go to our iTunes page and you leave us a review. Yes. Give us a like. Yes. And five stars. Five stars. Just Only because, five stars. Just because you, you want to. If you don't like iTunes, you can also follow us on our social media pages. Oh, yeah, and you can drop a comment or leave a review on there, too. Yep, mm-hmm. and we also have a website. Yes, we do. <laughs> and it's a really cool one called IndianScienceShow.wordpress.com. But oh. if you'd like to just access our site directly from the place that hosts it, it's the same thing, but IndianScienceShow.podient.co. We would love to hear from you guys. Yeah. And Indian Science Show is spelled N-D-N-S-C-I-E-N-C-E-S-H-O-W dot WordPress dot com. Thank you for lending us your ears. And now you should go use your fingers and your eyes to go leave us a review. Yes.